So how many of you guys have seen the Polar Express? I love that movie. Now, here, now here's the deal. It's probably my second favorite. I think It's a Wonderful Life in black and white is my all-time favorite. I could watch that year-round, but I, I make sure I specifically wait until Christmas to watch it. And I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to pull it out, but we've already been watching Polar Express. Now, guys, men in the room, don't make fun of me, but when I first saw Polar Express, I went with some buddies, and we went to Tampa, and we saw it on, like, this huge screen. And I remember watching this part, and I remember I didn't think of it as Santa. I began to think that it, it, it's almost like it would be in heaven, like when the Lord comes just busting in, and there's just this rejoicing, and just this crazy... And honestly, I started, like, getting some tears in the eye. You know, I was like, man, it just just thinking about what it's going to be like when Christ returns or when we're glorifying Christ in heaven. But I love the little boy in this because it's his struggle through the whole film to believe. He can't hear the bell. He shakes it. He shakes the bell and he can't hear it. And you saw the reindeer. Every time they jump, everybody's cheering because the bells are just going crazy and he can't hear it. And he's shaking and he's shaking it. Have you ever felt like that? Like maybe you come in here on Sunday mornings it seems like everybody's getting it. You shake the bell, but you can't hear it. But it feels like everybody around you gets it. Or maybe it's your marriage or your work or relationships. You feel like you're alone. Like everybody else's marriage is great. Everybody else's life is great. Why, what's wrong with me? Why can't I hear the bell? Why can't I believe? Why is it hard? Or maybe this whole Christianity thing, you're just like, sometimes I just don't get it. I just don't hear it. I don't, I don't understand. Where is God? Is God good? Where is he in my circumstances? You know, that song that we, we sang is actually a poem. It's, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, and it comes from a poem that was written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And Longfellow wrote this during the Civil War. And his son was dying to go join the Union Army. And, I mean, young people did that. They were super young, and they were joining the Army. And, and if you know about the Civil War, just the bloodshed, just massive amounts of people dying during the Civil War, and he was like, I don't want you to go, I don't want you to go. But he runs off without telling him, and he goes, joins the Union Army, and uh, he gets a letter that his son has been critically wounded. But right after his son left, his wife had also died in a house fire. Their house burned down, and his wife died. And he's writing that poem that we sang in deep despair, in deep despair. He's like, I can't hear that, the bell. And in fact, when he, it says when he was writing that poem that the sound of cannons were going off and it was during the Christmas season just like now and there was Christmas carols that you're, supposedly you're supposed to hear and there's these cannons being shot off. He's like, it just seems like darkness prevails. It seems like it's drowning out any kind of peace on earth. You know, anything that's good or decent. And he makes a statement in the song, if you remember reading the lyrics, hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth. Guys, we don't have to, it's, you can just look outside your door and see that where is peace on earth? I mean, human trafficking, you know, children sold as sex slaves, extreme poverty, people dying all around the world. It doesn't take much. And then we look inside and we're, we're dealing with all the stuff that we go through. And where is peace? Where is this peace on earth? You ring the bell, but you can't hear it. He states the question in the song, do you hear the bells ringing peace on earth? Do you hear the bells ringing peace on earth? Can you hear the bell ringing through the craziness of life? Where are you at this morning? What's happening in your life? What's going on right now? 
that may be hindering you, that's drowning out the sound of peace on earth. Do you hear that ancient bell? The ancient bell that rings out that Jesus has arrived, that a multitude of angels were saying this. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host, and in fact that, that means army, an army of angels appeared within, and praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. And on earth peace. You see the birth of Christ sounded the signal that something had changed, that God sees our sorrow, that he knows our sorrow. When Jesus came, it said that in Isaiah that he was a man of sorrows, that he was used to suffering. In fact, it, it, it's a, a, a verse that I don't always like to camp out on in Hebrews that says he, was, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Not that God made him suffer, but that in this life you have trouble. In this life there's craziness. There's things that we don't understand. And yet God somehow uses it. But his arrival signaled, made the sound, the ancient bell sounded that Christ has come, that darkness is not going to prevail, that something, there's a new force that was beginning to work in this earth. Darkness would be challenged. God has seen our suffering and our sorrow. In Isaiah 9 through 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, a son is given, talking about Jesus and the government will be on his shoulders. And that word government could be kingdom. Jesus talked about the kingdom coming. And it's the same thing, government, the kingdom. And listen to what it says about Jesus. His name is, will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and catches Prince of Peace. You see, Christ has come. The bell has rung. But we are caught in an epic battle. We are caught in an epic battle. You listen to this Christmas verse in John 3:19. This is the verdict. Light, speaking of Jesus, the light of life has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light. You see that ancient bell rung, but men love darkness instead. The light came into the world, but people loved darkness instead. Suddenly this force, this ancient bell is rung. Jesus has come, the prince of peace. Peace has come in darkness, light and it's meeting this, this force, this battle. In fact, Jesus said this, Do not suppose I've come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And I know some of you are like, Whoa, 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 Jesus. Uh, now, I know you were being born, so you probably didn't hear those angels, but they said peace on earth. Uh, what's up with that? Is that like some weird contradiction? What's going on here? This is the deal. Jesus isn't saying some crazy military thing. But oftentimes we get that other verse in Luke wrong. We don't finish what it says. Check out what it says. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. See, it's men and women. That word men there is men and women. People on whom his favor, his peace will rest upon. It doesn't say peace on earth. It says that peace has come and that we're going to be carriers of it when we accept the Prince of Peace, when we accept his salvation, when we accept that God is reconciling the world through himself, through Jesus Christ. It's peace. We become carriers of his peace. And in that verse when he says, I came to bring a sword, this is what's happening. He's not saying some military thing like go out and kill people. He had just sent out his disciples. He said, go heal the sick. Go cast out demons. Go be the hands and feet of Jesus. Go help the poor. Go spread good news, but understand that when peace comes, it meets opposition. It meets darkness. It meets a powerful force that is trying to fight 
with everything it is, the Prince of Peace coming. It says this in Luke. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, Jesus' mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. That the thoughts of many hearts would be revealed. You see, when the Prince of Peace comes, it reveals men's hearts. And men either love light or they love darkness. They love peace or they love evil. You see, it was light colliding with darkness. It was peace colliding with evil. We are caught up in this epic battle, this struggle. And when you're a peace carrier, you, are, you, you go and you meet the opposition in this world. It says in 1 John that the Son of Man came to destroy the work of the devil. You see, the Bible says that the devil is the prince of this world. Now, Jesus defeated him on the cross, but he says the devil is the prince of this world, and darkness rules because men chose sin all the way from Adam to now. We've made the choice to go the opposite way of God. We've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, his standard, and his standard is love. But we've all chosen a different path. It is in this dark world that the prince of peace, the light, the light of life was born. And he comes to destroy the work of the devil. You see, some will hear the sound of peace. Some will hear that the Prince of Peace has come. Others, it will be like a bell with no sound. Some will love light and some will love darkness instead of light. For those who hear the bell, they have peace with God through Jesus Christ. They hear that God loved the world, that he didn't want to condemn the world, but he sent his own son to die for us. Because he loved us so much that the sin that separates us, he wanted to do something about. That's what they hear. And it's those people that will carry his peace, that are forgiven, that say, Lord, forgive me and help me to forgive. They will be the ones that collide with darkness. It will be the ones that see their need for a Savior. That's the people that hear the bell. It's the ones that see their need for the Savior. It'll be shepherds that in the Christmas story, they were so unclean in their culture that they weren't allowed to worship. They weren't allowed to go near the temple. They weren't allowed to go because they were considered unclean. And yet the angel says, go, find that baby, find the Prince of Peace and worship him. Suddenly those who weren't worthy are worthy. Suddenly a young band of disciples are formed, people that were rejected by the, by the schools because they weren't smart enough. They didn't know enough theology but yet they had a passion for God and Jesus says, follow me. Just a bunch of misfits that become disciples that change the world, that weren't worthy, yet God makes them worthy. A tax collector, who, Jewish tax collectors who were hated by their own people because they collected taxes for Caesar. They were seen as people who betrayed, and yet they hear the bell, they hear the Prince of Peace and say, you know what? Money isn't my God anymore. You are Jesus. And Jesus says, Come. And they say, I will give back everything I owe. It's the broken. It's the poor. It's those without parents. It's the ones that need God the Father. You know, the rich in their day thought if you were poor or if you had disease that you were an outcast, that you were cursed by God, and that the rich were blessed. And Jesus says, no, the poor, those are, those are my people. That's my heart. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. It's the children that reach out for Jesus and his disciples try to shoo the, the children away and Jesus says, no, let the little children come unto me 
for the kingdom is theirs. Unless you become like a child, you can't have the kingdom. You can't have that peace. The children, they hear that bell instantly, don't they? It's a Roman soldier who occupies Israel, an enemy to the Jews that hears the bell and comes to Jesus. It says, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you in my house, but you send word because I'm a soldier and I know what it means to send the word and they do it. Send the word and I know my child will be healed because I know you can do it. I hear the bell. An enemy, and yet Jesus says, come. An adulteress, a woman who tries to find her value in sex, in men, and she's condemned to die. And Jesus says, no, I don't condemn you. Now go and sin no more. For all those who are sexually addicted, for all those who are looking for worth in other things, Jesus says, come. Come as you are. I don't condemn you. Now go and sin no more. For the woman that gave all that she had, all the money she had to the Lord to worship, or the homeless people that have no house, the Lord is their house. He says, come. To the thief on the cross that realizes, I deserve to die, but this man next to me, he did nothing wrong. Jesus, take me with you in paradise. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. An unworthy thief that realizes that the King of kings, Lord of lords, is nailed to a cross for his sins and our sins, and he goes to paradise with the Lord. And for all those who forgive because they realize how much they've been forgiven, that none of us are right before the Lord, none of us are right before God, but they hear the bell and they are forgiven and they can forgive because of how much they've been forgiven. You see, these are the people that see and hear their need for a Savior. They know that they need Jesus. They hear the bell that says, come. But others, they won't be able to hear that sound of peace. It'll be like the bell that doesn't ring. It will seem foreign and strange and threatening, and Jesus will be like that sword. It'll divide. And it was because of this, because he accepted those kind of people, because he accepted people like us, people like you and I, that he was considered a criminal. The Pharisees said, Jesus, you are, are a committed crime. And Jesus says, what? What did I do? And he says, you have said that you are the son of God. But by making yourself equal with God, you are sinning against God. You see, they couldn't hear the bell that said God is with us, that unto us a child is born. They couldn't hear the bell that said God is for us and not against us. They couldn't hear the bell that all is forgiven, that God loved the world. They looked at him, and they looked at the bell that didn't ring, and they heard a liar, a criminal, just another rabbi. I want to read to you towards the end of Jesus' life when he's on trial in John 18. Then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor who's Pilate. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews didn't enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If you were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, the Jews objected. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied. 
It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? My kingdom, and you could replace that with government, is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest. But now my kingdom or government is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I'm a king. And in fact, for this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. He's drawing a line in the sand saying, truth has come. And Pilate says a classic thing when people don't hear the bell. What is truth? Pilate asked. What is truth? With this he went out to the Jews and said, I find no basis of charge against him. But it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shout about, not him, give us Barabbas. You see, in this passage, Pilate states the ultimate question, what is truth? You see, Pilate was looking at truth right in the face. He was staring right at truth. He was looking at the Prince of Peace. The bell was right in front of him. It was ringing loud. Truth has come. And that's the question for this morning. Is he just another man? Is he a criminal? Is he just another great philosopher of history? Is he a liar? Is he the only path to God the Father? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. You see, today truth is speaking to you. Truth is right here looking in your heart, looking into your eyes. He wants his peace and favor to rest on you. He wants you to be a peace carrier. I love what the song that I heard the bells on Christmas Day said earlier. It says, open your hearts to hear them, to hear the bell. Open your hearts to hear them. That's all it takes. In fact, it takes belief to hear the bell. It says in John three, thirty-six: whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not have eternal life, for God's wrath remains on him. And that word life in here, it's like real in the Greek. And it really means as in right now, immediately. When you believe, you have life immediately, right now. And for some of you, truth is staring at you right now. Will you accept truth? Will you accept life? Believe and hear the bell, the ancient bell that was born so long ago. You see, you can't earn it. You can't be good enough. There's nothing you can do. And there's nothing that you've ever done that can hinder his love from you. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're saying, I need that peace. I need his favor to rest on me. I want to follow Christ. In a little bit, I'm going to pray with you a prayer to invite Christ into your life. Or maybe you're a Christ follower. You've been a Christ follower for a while. And maybe you're like me. I, from, my parents are here so they can, they can tell you. Ever since I was six years old, I can remember struggling with depression. It's been a lifelong thing. And there's times I can't hear the bell. There's times I'm like, where is hope? There's times I'm like, where, where is it, God? Where are you? And I feel trapped and I feel locked. Sometimes when you're a Christ follower, we lose sight. We can't hear the bell. Sometimes our marriages are broken, our relationships. Sometimes the future seems uncertain. And we begin to see with our own eyes instead of the eyes of faith. And it says we walk by faith, not by sight. But see, in the midst of the craziness, you can have peace. And I'm not talking about a warm and fuzzy peace. I'm not just talking some peace that, that says, oh, get over it. I'm talking about a peace that says God is with you. 
And God will walk with you. Sometimes he takes things from us and sometimes he doesn't. I don't know why that is. Because he's taken things from me, but there's, depression is something he hasn't taken from me. But it drives me closer to him when I allow it to. And I can hear the bell if I allow it to. When I make that choice, it says, upon whom his favor rests. And I almost get this picture of, of the cloud of his presence in the Old Testament. Of this resting upon us. But we have to choose for that. It says this in, in Colossians. Let your roots grow down into him. And it's talking about this deep roots. Grow deep roots down into Jesus. And let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. And, and the picture here, and I couldn't find it of the desert, but it's of these deep roots that, are, that come from a desert. If you know anything about Israel, if you know some of the, the, the plants that grow in the desert part, in the deserts near Egypt, is that those plants that actually survive, it's because they grow super, super deep, deep, deep roots. Because when the, the strong desert winds come, and it pretty much raises those plants to nothing much, and when the rain doesn't come and there's a drought, the only thing that keeps those plants alive are the ones that have the deepest roots. And that's the image it's talking about. That when life hits us hard, when there's circumstances that hit us hard, when our relationships don't make sense, when our marriages don't make sense, when things are crazy, our roots have to be sunk deep in Christ. Because the winds will come. The winds will come. The drought will come in life. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus said. But take heart. I've overcome the world. And I know it sounds simple, but it's put your eyes on Jesus. I think when you follow Christ for a while, we forget that we need a Savior. We get to that place where we're like, oh yeah, I forgot how much I am desperate for Jesus. Have you forgotten that desperation? Have you tried to do it in your own strength? I'm, I'm desperate for him. I'm desperate for Christ. I don't know anybody that isn't, but sometimes we pretend or forget that we're not. You see, it's in our weakness that he is strong. And I want to invite the band to come up. And as they're coming up, I think we get into this place where we can't hear the bell because we don't want to be weak. But Jesus says, in your weakness, I'm strong. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. That's how we hear that bell, to remember our need for the Savior. That's when we hear it again. It says in, in Isaiah 6 through 9, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. There is peace available to us. There is peace for you this morning. And we're going to sing this song. It's a Christmas song called Offering. And I know sometimes Christmas songs, we're just kind of like, oh, we hear them a thousand times. But when it's talking about an offering, it's talking about just surrendering your life. God just wants you to come as you are. I don't know what it is in your life, whether it's depression like me, whether it's your marriage. You don't have to get that right before you come to God. You just need to come to God. And when it talks about, I bring an offering, sometimes that offering is broken. Sometimes that, that offering is in tears. But as we sing, whatever it is, bring that to God and say, God, I surrender. Because that's what the offering is. It's surrendering yourself to God. Bring yourself as an offering through this song. And maybe some of you in here, you're like, I need that peace and favor to rest upon me. I need to know that there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Come as you are. I just want to quickly pray a prayer with you. If the lights come down and just every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to pray something out loud and you can repeat after me. 
But don't repeat it out loud. You don't need to say this out loud. Just say this within your heart and your head. I just want to invite you to, to invite Christ into your life. Just pray this with me. Dear Lord, please forgive me of my sin. I know that you died on the cross just for me. Even though I don't understand everything, help me understand. Help me to believe. Come live in me. In Jesus' name, amen. And maybe for for some of you, you're a Christ follower and you can't hear the bell this morning. Whatever it is, brokenness, maybe a death in the family, marriage, I don't know what it is. But I just want to pray over you because I know what it is. You know, again, it's that verse, that verse we don't really want to hear that Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. And there's something that that challenges us in those moments to get on our knees and say, God, I can't make it without you. And if that's that moment for you, I just want to pray over you. And I just want you, you guys just to worship your hearts out, not to worry about who's around you, but just to give it to the Lord. So let me pray over you. God, Lord, sometimes you allow brokenness in our life, and I don't understand it all. But God, I ask for now that you would just touch hearts with your peace, touch just touch people with your hope of your promise that you'll never fail or forsake them, that you know their weaknesses, God, that you know their lives, every, every detail, and that you hold the future in your hands, God. Lord, just for, for the brokenness in this room, Lord, I pray over it, God. I pray that you use it for your glory. Lord, if you could take some of it away, I ask that you would. But I know sometimes you leave that. And I just pray that we would surrender our lives to you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand up and let's sing together?